have uh, we have uh, tickled your ears with entertainment. Tickled? Can, can I ears? say that? It's my, I'm guy. Gonna... This is live. <laughs> we can't edit that out. That's right. I'm gonna have to. I'm, I know. I'm sitting here thinking, like, what can what I say? Can what I, can, I can I not, I not say? say? Yeah. But when we weren't live, did we really edit anything out? No. No. So it's it's gonna the, be okay. the weird just testing the mics, but that was about yeah. it. <clears throat> so oh, my wife is watching. Yeah, I'll wave, I'll wave back at her. Ashley's watching on Facebook. I didn't know. I was wondering why you had that up there. I was yeah. like, why are we just going to look at a big TV at us? But you doggone right, we are. Okay. So, okay, guy. Give people a few minutes. <clears throat> we knew it was weird. So, we wanted to do something special for the season three kickoff of the breakdown. We have so much to talk about. This could be a 72 hour. 72 hours. We will finally appease that one listener. Ashley's like, nope, I'm coming to get my husband. I I could see her being like, let's go. That Um, one listener that wants us to go like eight hours because they're working all day. Like, we don't do anything all day. That's exactly right. So we want to do something fun and different um, for the breakdown. We thought about doing like a live studio audience. uh, But then we just realized logistically, you know, when we're here in the middle of a day, the in the middle of the day. It's been a while since I've spoken. Probably um, hard for people to come out for that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it probably going to be really awkward. It would have been like your wife and maybe two other people. Yeah. The only live studio audience we had was Taylor was standing at the door looking in. I could see her. So t- they're they're planning their way in. So. so Taylor in London, for oh, some odd reason, like have this this desire to be on the podcast. I, they think there's going to be like something. There's something really cool about it. I don't know what it is. It's just a lot of work. It's what it is. It's, <laughs> it's a, a lot, lot of work, work and a lot of rabbit trails. Yeah. So, so instead of a live studio audience, yeah. you had the great idea. Let's just go live. Let's go live. We got the equipment and kind of, <laughs> kind of have we the equipment. We reconfigure some things, oh. and so he's saying we. There is no we about. Oh, there's this. we. Like I've been sitting here. I'm a team player. All I've done is mic check myself. <laughs> like. I think I moved my mic a little bit, so it's where I wanted it. That's all I've done. Like we all know as who the you brand should. Is. You're the, you're the guy. We know who the brands of the operation is. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> I don't even know honestly where to begin. Uh, there's just so much to dissect and talk about. Um, so let's start at the beginning. So when we wrapped up season two, in the beginning, God created. <laughs> Heavens. Hey, Jennifer Maybe. Emery's on. What's up, girl? Um, <laughs> not that beginning. Not that beginning. Okay. But we will get to that beginning. We'll Hi, talk Jennifer. about that. Oh, yeah, because uh, we're going to Genesis. Yep, here in a little bit. All right, bit. all right. Um, so Where are we, we going? So we ended season two last year. Can you believe that? Last year. Uh, so this is season three. This is season three. New season, new year. Uh, we were still in Revelation. And we are we unofficially just, sponsored. We are not unofficially <laughs> No, I just had Jimmy John's for lunch. That's all. We were scarfing down lunch before we came in. All right. Um, season three. So we uh, we ended Revelation last year. The last time that people <clears throat> heard from us yeah. was last year right before the hubbubaloo of Christmas. and The, the what of, of Christmas? Hubbubaloo. The, the craziness of can Christmas. We, can, we, can, we get a, can we get a definition of hubbubaloo? Um, from the root word hubbubaloo. <laughs> Meaning the to Greek. be, oh, oh man. <laughs> don't ask me what the original the Greek uh, yeah. is. Oh, um, Logan Corkins is watching. What's I have up, Logan? No, what's Sorry. up, dude? My ADD is kicking in. Yeah, because we're a little bit delayed, so we're. Oh, that's right. Because we're two okay. minutes behind. Two minutes. <laughs> My wife is let us great. No. Anyways, so uh, so we're picking up New Year since uh, if you live under a rock. Uh, since we started the New Year, we've done Vision Sunday on it- January seventh. Yep. Um, we have been walking through 
uh, our top initiative for the year. The Heart for the House. The Heart for the House. Uh, and <clears throat> we started a five-week, just mm-hmm. a short five-week sermon series called That Doesn't Make Sense, uh, walking through the many stories we see in Scripture. Yep. Where um, faith will make yeah. us do some crazy things. Somewhat stupid things is what I've told people. Yeah, <laughs> <some way. laughs> and, and in the middle of it, we had Sanctity of Life. Yep. That was kind of a uh, last minute. I remember like Saturday night, Saturday night, just sitting there reading through my sermon notes and the Lord's like, yeah, we're not going in that direction at all. And so I walk in Sunday morning and Nate goes, <laughs> please don't hate me. And I went, this, whatever's about to follow, this is not going to be good. Yeah. So, uh, so there's a lot to unpack yep. and to discuss. So who knows how long this could go? This, yeah, this could be 72 hours. We have like all of my sermons, Logan facts. Yes. He's over here. Facts. Just, that's the average length of Nick's sermons. So Whatever. let's start at the beginning. Yep. Let's start at Vision Sunday and oh, work yeah. our way to the future. <clears throat> yep. So what we love to do at Vision Sunday is we always want to recap mm-hmm. what Calvary has done. And when we say that, what we're what we really mean, so call it what it is. <laughs> the Terrible sound, timing. The sorry. sound effects are amazing <laughs> here. Um not what Calvary has done, but what God has done through Calvary. Mm-hmm. And where is the Lord uniquely using us mm-hmm. in this community? Because, like, number one, we're not the only church. Nope. We're not the only Christians. Nope. We're not the only church that God is using in the area. It's just us. That, that's all it is. It's just, okay, here's here who we are, how God is using us. So we always try to recap. Hold on. It would be oh. really funny <laughs> if during Vision Sunday we started talking about other churches more <laughs> Like so, here this morning. So Osage yeah. Hills, yeah, and then uh, Riverview. This is what the Lord is doing. <laughs> Hold on, what church am I at? So we always recap a little bit there, and it's. Um, I think we're really embracing, you know, the vision of Calvary to, um, you know, as of the body of Christ for our church. We are creating a community of faith. That impacts the community in which we live. And so you could take those kind of two halves of that sentence and really see um, everything that we are about. Let it be in-house, creating a community of faith. This faith family is another way we could say it. Um, And then we looked at all the ways that we were out into the community, and that is, you know, the impacting the community in which we live. And so... I had a lot of people come up to me and they're like, you know, when you just get into the routine of life and and you are involved in the different things that the church is doing, and then maybe even a little bit personally of what you're doing in your own life, you know, to just to live as a follower of Jesus, they said it was really kind of cool to stop and think through, wow, like look at everything that we did to impact into the community. And I thought, well, that's good. Like, I'm glad people are seeing that instead of like, what are we doing? doing? (laughs) What are we like... Yeah, like, is this, this is it? Like, you know, so that was kind of cool. So we always recap. And then the big thing that we launched at Vision Sunday was the top initiative, which which is probably going to last more than the year. So mm-hmm. we say the top initiative of the year. I would say it's the top initiative of this year being the launching year. Yeah. But this is probably going to take more than a year, obviously. Um, <clears throat> but we're calling it a heart for the house. And the heart for the house uh, is there's three kind of lines that we've been using. Uh, We want to be a home for the broken, an encouragement for the hurting, and the family for the follower of Jesus. 
And so to have a heart for the house is that very thing. Mm -hmm. Now the secondary or the tertiary or the, I don't know what fourth is, secondary, tertiary is three. What's fourth? Uh, Fifth, penta, yeah, (laughs) quad, anyway. Quattro area. pastors, we don't know. So as we carry out the mission that God has for us, and as Jesus is moving and working and people are coming to salvation and coming into a relationship with him and they find a church home, like the secondary tertiary issues are going to be space. Mm-hmm. How do we create a space where everybody uh, is welcome, feels welcome, all of that? And and so we know as we continue to impact the community and reach people and involve them in the the word, the worship, the work of God, you know, here at Calvary, uh, space is mm-hmm. a very real issue. And so we talked to Vision Sunday, the four areas that we are um, almost kind of like, you know, when you were a little kid. Vaguely, I remember. But you're the you're an older sibling. I'm the yeah. I'm yeah, the you're oldest. the oldest. Yep. And see, I'm the youngest, so we're probably going to have two different perspectives on this. Oh boy, right? I'm sure we will. So I grew up country, like not because it was cool, it was because we were a little poor. You know, <laughs> it's like oh, you lived out in the sticks, you didn't have AC, and you played outside, and you didn't have toilet. You're like, yep, that's what. And so we would drink out of the hose. Oh. There's nothing Throw better. Back to the good old days. Oh yeah, there is nothing better than like a hot summer day. You're just running around in, like shorts. Like we never yep. wore shirts yep. whatsoever. And riding bikes, playing football, and you got thirsty. Mom wouldn't let you in that house. No, you are not allowed in the house. I thought something magical or scary was happening. No, is this my my mom? Kick you out in the morning. Yeah. and don't come back till the sunset. Yes, exactly. Yep. And so it's like, hey, I'm thirsty. And it's like, there's the hose. We drink out of the hose water. Right. But then my older brother, what he would do is like, all right, he's like, all right, I'll turn it on and da da da. Well, he would cinch it down. <laughs> let me spray you in the face. And then what I do, like, hey, it's not on. Then he'd let it go and it's like, bam. I'm like, oh, see, so I'm the younger brother getting hit. I, I see you as the older brother doing that to your siblings. I play the fifth. Okay. So, so like that, there's four areas where Calvary is being kind of cinched. There's pressure points that's like mm-hmm. really just, tightening yeah. on us, yeah. right? Sanctuary space is obviously number one. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I mean, even as of Sunday, we had, you came up to me on the platform because I was curious. I probably shouldn't have done that because I had like everybody, it's like, what's what's what, going what's on? What's happening? What, what the is guys Jerron up here telling me? freaking out. Yeah. I mean, like, it's okay. So he came up and he's like, there are 60 people upstairs. So many. And there was no room in the sanctuary during second service. And first and third were like, decently full as well. Yep. It was actually, in, I was telling my wife, in the last four weeks, mm-hmm. we've had our top three services, like numerically, people yep. coming to Calvary, like ever. Our top three, first, second, and third, non-holiday, in the last four weeks. I was like, this is crazy. So sanctuary space, which in turn creates a lot of need in what we call the foyer, which I hate because we're not, we're not French guy. I like French fries. Those aren't and French though either. I know they're not either. So about American as you can get. About as American as you can get. <laughs> so yeah, in the foyer, which I would love to call it like the family room and all of you make fun of me for that. But what's so crazy, what is fun is you see as you walk out there, like, I want people to linger longer at church. 
I don't want them just to be herded in like cattle, hear the bald guy, herd it out, go on with your week. No, no, no. Like if we're going to create a family, a community, you have to have space to do life a little bit. And so if that's showing up early, grabbing a coffee, talking with some friends, after service, hanging out, you know, because like even even to develop some plans of like, hey, you want to go get lunch? Like, look. We don't have any space in the foyer because all the people coming out of service, all the people coming into service, and those that want to stay, like it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's just in in one of our after action meetings, Taylor was like, there were just people everywhere, like no matter where I walked, it was slightly there overwhelming was just, on Sunday. There was just people, yeah, just people, which is wonderful. It's a great problem to have, but it's still a problem. It's t- I love when people tell me that. Oh, that's a good problem to have. It's like, what's the second word in that phrase that you're using? Problem. Still a problem. And so we need space. And then cow kids, oh my goodness, this was crazy. So, so many of us just drop our kids off and we walk into the sanctuary and they go into magical cow kids land with the, the wizard of, you know, kid ministry, London. There, so afterwards, because my wife serves and sometimes my daughter will be in there and they'll be like, cow kids was crazy. And like, oh, were the kids bad? They're like, no, there was just so many of them. I walked back there for 15 mm. seconds. How many preschoolers, like, we had to move so many kids around in the different rooms. 20, 21, 24. And I think they moved 14 or 11, yeah. seven, something like that. And then here's the crazy part. Then upstairs, there were like, there was 11 babies or preschoolers, like nursery preschool. Yep. 11. 11. Like we have a it basically was Chuck E. Cheese. Pretty much. Just give them all tokens, give them like really nasty pizza and just let them go crazy. And one of them was like, yeah, at some point in the sermon, like every baby started crying. They just synced up and all the kids like in sequence <laughs> like just went three, two, <laughs> one, go. So yeah. Um, and then lastly, so yeah, cow kids, we need more cow kids space. Like church is growing. And then it was funny in that same meeting, somebody was like, and it's only going to get worse because then she started naming out all the ladies that are pregnant in our church. And it's like, what, are, what do our people do? Like think. get Netflix or something like, <laughs> good night. Like that's one way to grow a church right there. Right. Amen. <laughs> it, it is a way. My pastor always used to tell me healthy sheep reproduce. I didn't think we were going to take it so literal. You know what I mean? Like he always said it in the sense of like evangelism. If you, if a disciple is healthy and their walk with the Lord and they're being cared for, they will, they will involve other people into their, like, nope, we're taking it literal. You know what I mean? Every sense of the word. And then lastly, it's parking. Like Mm -hmm. it is like a couple of weeks ago we had people parking on the street. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and there's not really much of a street here. Yeah, there's no the street. Campus. And then Sean and the parking lot team, like multiple times, are trying to save people and kids from getting hit. And then yep. we've had a couple little, uh, little, little dings, little fender little benders, fender little. Yep. Because things are so tight. For the name of Jesus, mm. you know. So there's all those things that we have been looking at for like a year and a half. Yeah. And here's the hard part. This like here's a little bit of a leadership principle. Because we've we've struggled with this a little bit. We've been talking about it for a year and a half. But when we talk about it at Vision Sunday and everybody else gets in, introduced into the conversation, mm-hmm. like you have to give people time yeah. to process and think through it where we might, yes, this is what we need to do, A, B, and C, let's go. But we've also had a year and a half to chew on it and to see yep. the different things happen. 
Somebody gave a mean face, I, but we're two minutes behind, so I have no idea what that was for. I couldn't even begin to go back two minutes and Who, think about. Are you mean? Are you mean mugging, Duran? <laughs> so anyway, um, and so we've we've had a year to have to think about it, where we have to provide space and time for our people to process this because it's yeah. it's huge. Because I I've noticed that because we talked about it after Vision Sunday, where even in the last couple of weeks, I've had people walk up to me and say, oh, man, you guys are right. We've never noticed it because we just kind of get in the rhythm. Like, we oh, know. it's full, but it you don't – we oh. come to this service. We don't think about the other two or about the kids. It's yep. just what we do. So they're just now having time to, yeah. to process yep. through it. And without it, like, really being called out, are you really looking for it? You know what I mean? Ooh. Like, especially if yes, you're in I first am, and but. third <laughs> service. Yeah. But if you're in first and third service, like, you might hear it and it's like, nah, but – the so we've invited people, come to a different service to see what it's like. Yep. And, you know, what's a lot of fun is when you hear about people meeting each other out in the community and they're like, oh, you know, here they are trying to be a really good evangelist and easiest ways to invite people to church. And it's like, you oh, go to Calvary? yeah, where do you, do you go? go we, we go to Calvary. What service do you go to? And it's like, there's, I mean, there's some people that have never met yep. and they've been going to the same church for over a year together. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it just is the nature of what it is. And so... So I think allowing people time to process and to frame it right where uh, I even said this Sunday, I have no, I have nothing in my spirit, my heart and my mind from the Lord that says to ease up Mm. on it. Yeah. You know, it's like keep reaching the community, keep impacting the community, keep discipling your people, keep leading well, keep involving them. And it's like, Lord, I only have so much time, energy. I only have so much space. And he's like, okay, and? And I, I think uh, the way you put it so succinctly oh, on yeah. Vision Sunday. Hit me. Was, <laughs> this video is out there, so you can go I, back and find I, it's it. It's out there. I'll tell you where to go find it, too. Um, <clears throat> you said, I will never put a no vacancy sign on the church. Amen. Which, praise the Lord, that yep. was great. And then you so... Uh, lovingly followed it up with very pastorally, right? Very, here. very in every sense of the word, pastorally. <laughs> and if you have a problem with that, there's the door. I need your seat. <laughs> but the way you said it, I think was because um, I heard that, like you know, when you get the air knocked out of you and you <gasps> or the oh, you could he- yeah, you, you could, could audibly hear it, hear it yep. and feel it. And I like and I went, I was turning back to the TV because I was running through a slideshow of something, and I heard that, and I kind of turned back and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Was that too harsh? Was that too much? Which I thought was, it was, it was good because it, <coughs> it was the heart of who we are as Calvary. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's, and honestly, that's where I'm at. Like, it, cause all I think about is where I was at in my brokenness and needing to be, needing to find a home that would allow broken people to walk in, knowing when I was hurting I needed encouragement in life, and I wanted yeah. to do life with my faith family. Like when I was in that in in that season of my life, I am so thankful that we found a church that said yes, yeah, come in. And and right in the craziness of our hurting and brokenness and and all of that, they said yes, you are yeah. welcome. And so like I. I don't know how we can't be what somebody was for me so much. Mm-hmm. 
Like that, that would just, I, against my own consciousness, I just can't do that. So, um, and so, yeah, that was Vision Sunday kind of launching that. We are looking at, so now the, the physical aspect of it Fleshed out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the spiritual component is we will always be people focused. We're not going to be focused on a building and all of that. Now, there is teams that are addressing that and handling those issues, but we're always going to be people focused, Mm -hmm. people in our congregation and the people that are not in our congregation, because we know and God knows that there are people that he is going to grab a hold of and he's going to involve them in Calvary. It just hasn't happened yet. And so we are we preparing for that? You know, so even when we went to the three services, one of the things that we used to say was, you know, hey, when we launch this third service, it's it's going to be fairly empty. You're going to be sitting probably by yourself next to a few empty seats, and that's going to feel awkward. And some people were like, finally. Yeah, some were like, good. <laughs> I got one one chair for my Bible, one chair for my drink, and then I can put my feet up on this one. It's like, good night. What are you trying to do at church, you weirdos? No. Um and I would always say that empty seat, yeah, there's a name. Mm. We just don't know it yet, but God does. But how how can we look at people and say, hey, you are welcome here. You are wanted here. You are, uh, we want to care for you here, but we can't even find you an empty seat. Mm. Yeah. Like the, the base level of trying to be a welcoming church is like, yeah, we were expecting you. Here is your seat. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine going to a dinner party? that people are like, yeah, I want you at the dinner party and you show up and there's 12 seats and they're all full and you roll in and it's like, hey, I'm here. And they're like, oh. Grab a plate, go sit in the kitchen. Um, yeah, yeah, go grab a plate. You can go upstairs and, and watch what we're doing on TV, which really is just a, us trying to kick the can down the road. Like that's what we've tried to do. The three services has tried to kick the can down the road, having the loft upstairs with our video venue, kicking the can down the road to try to off you know, give us more runway before having to do this. Uh, And then the other thing, like some people don't even know this, like there are actually really good thought out ratios on spacing for your church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lifeway Architects does this. And so, I mean, if you can think about it, they have it. How many, so like if you were building a church and it's like, how many parking spaces do we need? How big should our four-year be? How, you know, and and your your sanctuary drives everything. Mm -hmm. So if you want to, if you want a sanctuary of this many people, you know, this is how much square footage you'll need in the sanctuary. This is how big your foyer, your kids, like it's really like smart people have thought this out and it's good. They would tell you, you want at least 15 square foot per person in your sanctuary. That's the low number. That is, that's the low number. Suggested like 18 to 20. Yep. And we were at 10. So we, and that's that's being gracious, I think. It is. It's it probably is. more like eight point seven five. Because we don't have the extra aisles, you know, mm-hmm. to walk in and out. That's what's really hard. Yep. So even with that, it's still it it's probably even less than that, to be honest. And so what we're, what that means is we have put more chairs in our sanctuary, not against fire code, nothing like that. But we've put more chairs in our sanctuary than what Lifeway Architects, at least, mm-hmm. and, and we found other organizations that do this against that recommendation. Why? Because we're trying to get as many people in the, in, in the room as we can to try to, again, kick that can down the road. So, like, that's really tough. 
there's a lot of pressures with with that. Like so many things that we have so to handle many. as staff. So we have a campus development team. We have a campus stewardship team, um, and it's and and this is where we're at. It's a lot of planning. It's it's seeking a lot of godly wisdom, um, and trying to overturn every rock. So you know, w- what if we stayed on our current campus and expanded and built something new? What if we go to a different location? Is there another building? And you know, there's viable options in both of those that mm-hmm. we're trying to walk out and just the whole time not get ahead of the Lord, yep. not get behind Him, but just walk in step with Him and to be good stewards <clears throat> and to be good stewards of it. Like, yeah. And to look at, like, hey, who we are as a church with our new mission statement that we talked about at Vision Sunday, Kingdom Before Calvary, Jesus Over Everything. Like, are we positioned in a place for for kingdom impact? Yep. You know, so we're we're just holding all of those things in tension together. And that's where, yeah, so the whole heart for the house uh, is that. And so the sermon series, that doesn't make sense. What I wanted to do was, I just wanted to go five weeks, but then uh, Sanctity of Life came in, and then we got the conference coming up. So that doesn't make sense. There's so many stories in the Bible where you're hearing uh, what the Lord said to an individual, let it be mm-hmm. Noah, Moses, Joseph, uh, Abraham. Like you, you just go through all of them, and you're just like, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Or at least they, you, you could you could understand where they might say that to themselves. I mean, just take Noah. We didn't even preach on Noah, but just take Noah for an example. Like, hey, I want you to build a boat. In the middle of the desert. Be- yeah, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to flood the whole earth. It hadn't even rained yet. Rain did not exist. The first rainstorm was when it flooded. So it's like, you're going to build a boat and cause rain, but it's never even rained. Like, this doesn't make sense. What do you want me to do? And then I think the, even the crazier part, Noah gets done with the boat. They go in it and they sit in it for seven days before the rain started. You how long? Testing. Yes. How long would you have stayed in the boat waiting for the rains? Three to hours. <laughs> I thought about it. Three hours. <laughs> Hour number four. I'm out. Oh, that's so funny. I am out. So and and I wanted to be strategic in in this. I I picked three. Um, stories of victory, I would say, like the David mm. and Goliath, the yep. Gideon, the the really cool ones, right? And the really cool ones. Really but cool I did ones. want to frame it in a, like, let's just call it what it is, like a prosperity gospel. Name it, claim it, baby. Exactly. I didn't want that where, oh, if you just have faith like these guys, then God will overcome it. And so then the last two picked really hard that Super doesn't encouraging. make sense. Yeah. Super <laughs> so walk the extra mile, turn your cheek when you get slapped, give up your cloak and your tunic when you get sued. Like, uh, what? I've done a lot of walking in the last three weeks. I've yeah. done a lot of um, getting slapped. Getting slapped. Oh. Uh, I've done a lot of. Um, my life right I now. lost most of my clothing. <laughs> it's all there gone. Go. And then Sunday we talked about Ananias and Sapphira. <clears throat> As as the campus development, campus stewardship team, who are also board members, get up, make an announcement about prayerfully consider generosity towards Heart for the House. Yep. And then my whole thing was, when we see Ananias and Sapphira give to the church with a twisted heart, hmm. and they fall down dead. And so for me, like ending the sermon, like, with as much pastoral authority that I could give, if there is any temptation to give, 
with a heart of pride and ego and look at me and I want the glory like Ananias and Sapphira. Don't give to the heart for the house. Mm-hmm. But go back to the words of Jesus and the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart. So if we can give to what the Lord is doing <clears throat> with a pure heart, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Mm-hmm. And I think if we, regardless of the number, mm-hmm. give unto the Lord and what he is doing, from a pure heart, we will see him move in so many ways that we right now can't even fathom the idea of like what God is going to do. Yep. Cause we have, we've already had that. Like we've sat in meetings and gone, what is going on? <laughs> what like, is happening? Why us? What is going on? Oh yeah. We Not look- in the sense of like build it and they will come or <laughs> plan it and they will come like, I mean, honestly, I, I think I could say this at board level conversations with the campus development team, like, so Aaron Knapp's our campus development team lead. He would say we're a year behind. Mm-hmm. And again, those three things that we did to try to kick the can down the road was to provide space where we're, we're playing a little bit of catch up. But I mean, let's be honest, who would have thought three years ago when I came to Calvary that, hey, what, hey what problems do you think the church is going to have in three years? Nobody would have listed these. I mean, the the whole testimony of Calvary in the last three and a half years is in itself a sermon that fits to the sermon series, This Doesn't Make Sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, n- nobody would have thought of that. Do you, want, do you want to know what we were when I first started? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, so I've seen if we could go far. I don't have those numbers. You don't have that. those numbers? Nope. <clears throat> when I came, we were only doing two services. Yep. Now, again... Two massive things I think really impacted Calvary and and really hurt it a little bit was obviously COVID. Every church was struggling in that. So when I came and people are like, what's the vision for Calvary? I'm like, stay Stay open. And everybody thinks I'm joking about that. Like that was literally the goal. Stay open, stay above water, right? And so we were doing two services. First service, there's probably 40 people. Second service, there was 80 people. Jeez. That that includes the kids. No, it doesn't. That includes the kids. Souls in the facility. Because we only did Cal Kids one service. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> Holy cow. Yeah, when I was here, we started, we launched Cal Kids a sec- during the second service. And then we went to the three services and, and still trying to fully launch a full Cal Kids uh, ministry in all three services. <clears throat> yeah. Those that that's and last week's number was or yesterday's Monday's number was three ninety eight. I think so. I just closed it out. Oh, you closed it out. Yeah. And th- and those are just adults in the sanctuary. That's not including kids not or students. Kids. Yep. That's adults, butts and seats. Yeah. Which stu- kids have sixty seventy three eighty six. Sorry, three eighty six. Sixty seventy a week, st- kids wise. We uh, have Sunday. Fifth- she, I think she said she had 60 just second service. Oh, goodness. And then students, you know, between Sean and Z, solid 50 to 60. Yeah. So that less than 200 number, yeah. including kids, now would be four, five. Yeah. We're, we're flirting four with five. Four 50 to five. Yeah. Four, four to five, whatever. So when people who hear about that, yeah. and then they roll in and they see our church, this is like, we have people that have been in ministry for <laughs> decades 
they look at what we're doing, and you have heard this, like, mm-hmm. your own ears. You guys know this isn't sustainable, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. a little bit. A little bit. We, we kind of know that. But, again, like what I said Sunday, my comfort, our comfort, is not the driving force of any of this. And, and so Remember, people, I said I'd sit in the boat for th- four hours, four three hours. hours. All right, I get, so. I get drawn four hours in the boat. <laughs> and so people ask me, hey, what happens if we can't expand? What happens if we can't add on? What happens if we don't get a new building? What if we have to stay at the square footage that we're at? <clears throat> Welcome to Calvary Chapel for service. Mm, yep. Welcome to Calvary Chapel, Saturday night, Thursday night, Monday night. I don't know what it would be, but again. Midday, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> works some people just have tuesday off so we're gonna do tuesday midweek service like it's crazy to think and here's the scary part for us it would drastically change what we do during the week because now because sunday's a work day obviously um we have four days to work and do ministry like as we keep tacking that on what we're chipping away so like life groups would hinder on that how kids prep would hinder on that. Students prep would hinder on that. Serving our teams and discipleship would hinder on that. It'd become non-existent. It, it would be you're just running the machine. At you're that just point. running the machine at that point. Yeah. That was, that was a that's a very encouraging word right there. Is that where you wanted to start that's, the breakdown? That, with? That's exactly. Is this where you wanted to go? Right. You I mean you just. <clears throat> Smacked what? it right on the head where I wanted to go. Any, you know, biggest, else happiest, talk about? What? Yeah, what else breakdown, <laughs> season three kickoff. <clears throat> but here's, here's the beautiful part. We have no idea how the Lord is going to answer. We're trying to be good stewards. Yeah. Praying for wisdom. But this has been my prayer, and I think I talked about this multiple times. Wake up, let it be coffee, cereal, couple eggs in front of me, whatever it is. When I pray in the morning, Lord, this is your church. Mm -hmm. This is your problem in your church. How do you want to handle your problem in your church? And then I eat breakfast. And it's like the Lord is not unknowing to this. He's not sitting up there like calling all the angels over like, all right, Gabriel, we got an issue down here. Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks. I didn't. I didn't even see it coming. Did Why you, nobody give me the memo? Did you, yeah, he's he's not yelling at the angels. Like, did anybody see this? Who who missed this? Who didn't tell me what was going on? Like, somebody's getting fired. Yeah, exactly. We're uh, we're gonna kick another one out. Do you not remember the last time I kicked a guy out of here? A third of you went with him. We're gonna. Who's going? No, no. Like the the Lord is not shaken. The Lord is not moved. He is absolutely sovereign and in control. And so there's no reason for us to worry and to fret. And, and that's the, the Stockdale paradox of it all. Do you even know what the Stockdale paradox is? I don't know what Stockholm syndrome is. No, not Stockholm feel syndrome, like I'm you in weirdo. It a little bit. <laughs> Stockdale paradox. He was the highest ranking POW. Of, I, I could have almost guessed. In the Hanoi, they called it the Hanoi Hilton yep. in Vietnam. Okay. Right. And he was interviewed by Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great. Okay. And he was, and they asked Stockdale, he was an admiral, I think a rear admiral in the Navy. They said, You were in there for eight years mm-hmm. as a POW. What, like, how did you survive? 
And he said, you can't ignore the reality of your situation. Like, you know, then there's some people that are like that. They get a really bad diagnosis. Like, so you have cancer. Oh, I'm not even focusing on that. What? How can you not? Like, you cannot deny the reality of your situation. And at the same time, the paradox of it, you can't lose hope that in the end you will prevail. And he knew that him being in that POW camp, that was going to be the defining moment of his life. And so you can't lose hope, but you can't deny that you have to hold both of those in tension. And so they asked him, like, who didn't make it out of there? He goes, it was the optimist. Oh, we're going to get out by Easter. Easter would come, Easter would go, and then we'd get out. Oh, we're going to get out by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving would come. Thanksgiving would go. They don't get out. Christmas, he goes, those people died of a broken heart. Mm. And so you can't deny the reality. Like We cannot deny the reality of what we are in, nor can we lose hope that in the end we will prevail because there is victory in Jesus, that whatever the answer is going to be, God will deliver it in his time, in his way, when we are ready. And I think so more of the heart for the house is, One, are we faithful to what God has called us to do? And are we preparing our hearts for the answer that he has for us? Mm. Kind of like, this is a a counseling thing that I'll say to single people that are struggling with not being able to find a significant Mm. other. All their friends around them are getting married. Like that's a a hard thing. Mm -hmm. Probably just as hard as you're looking at a married couple with no kids and saying, oh, when are you going to have kids? And then infertility is a massive issue that they haven't opened up. And like they cry themselves to sleep at night every night because they just want to become parents. Right. So we look at single people and we say like, oh, when are you going to get hitched? And it's like, when are you going to shut your stinking mouth? Mm -hmm. Quit using the church as like love connection. And we have so many cupids running around here like divine cupids that is god's ministry <laughs> is working through you to bring together young people shot it anyway because sometimes you'll hear a single person say these words what's wrong with me mm-hmm. and i'm like well how long do you want to talk no <laughs> the when i hear that hey what's wrong with me a lot of times i'll say we have to stop and really understand could the possibility be there that there's nothing wrong with you, mm. but that God is working in somebody else and that person's not ready mm. to be, in a, he's not ready yet because he's still working in them. So just stay faithful yeah. where you are at because I'm doing another workout here. And so many times when the, the, when God is delaying, we think it's because of us. And it's like, so even right now, like we don't have a hard answer on what our next step is going to be. And we could get frustrated and be like, oh, why isn't this group doing something? Why isn't this team doing anything? And it's like, there's no could be get frustrated. (laughs) So could it be possibly that God is doing a work in someone else? Mm. And that's, that's the part. So we just need to stay faithful. Again, not denying our reality, not losing hope, just staying faithful and making sure that our hearts are ready for the answer that he has for us. That's, and so that's where we're going to continue to be, home for the broken, encouragement to the hurting, and a family for the follower of Jesus. Aloha, Ronnie. I'm so glad that you've joined us. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great segue. There we go.
What else you got? Um, oh, what you, else did you, you want to talk you did, about? You did two things in that one, which is actually what did I do? Which is good. You did you did heart for the house. Heart for the house. Uh, you did that doesn't make sense. That kinda, doesn't make sense. It, which did make sense. Brought to you by Jimmy John's. Freaky uh, fast. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just thinking maybe somebody will watch it and be like, you know what? Let's oh, throw him a shiny nickel. That'll be that'll be season 25. That even never if happens. we got free lunch when we recorded. Just stick the bag in the background. Jimmy like, John's, would you? Somebody can somebody reach out to Jimmy John's manager. <laughs> hey, we will eat Jimmy John's on the on breakdown. The first five minutes of our rabbit trails getting started is just We're us. Just, just talking about yeah. good Jimmy John's. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be upset by the that. The Beach Club is pretty good. Oh, has the avocado spread on it? The Beach Club is <laughs> balling. I'm just teasing. Balling. We'll keep buying our Jimmy John's. We'll We're keep. fine. If we have to. If we have. To. If we have. So to. we did heart for the house. That doesn't make sense. Uh, this weekend is a big weekend for us here at Calvary. Yes, it is. If you live under a rock. Were we going to talk about last weekend, why last weekend was a big weekend? What? You mean like Sunday? Yeah. Why was Sunday? I'm just kidding. I don't why know. was Sunday? Uh, I guess we could talk about that. No, let's Anything leave that under wraps. Okay. Let's leave that one under wraps. We'll leave that under wraps. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so this weekend. Sorry, my... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this weekend uh, is Cal Conference. Cal Conference. So let's uh, let's roll this all the way back to Vision Sunday. <laughs> We're going back to the beginning on everything. I love this. So in the uh, beginning it, it was is, the Word. It is and the a Word year of beginnings, God. which we're going to get to that. And the Word was with God. Okay, guy. We know you're smart. You know the first seven words of Genesis. That That's was, not Genesis. That was John. That was John. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. I, love I it. totally blanked. What was it? No. Oh. Um, so Vision Sunday, we announced uh, that we were doing a conference this year. Yeah. And so... Where did that come from? That was a left field. Uh, there's there's stories there that somebody will hear at some point. Oh, man. But this, this weekend fun. is Cal Conference. We got some good friends coming in from Crossroads Community Church out of Vancouver, Washington. Yep. Um, Gabe Moreno is the executive pastor of ministries yep. there. So he's... Uh, just a crazy awesome dude. He's Great okay. story. He's okay. He's okay. Whatever. I'll say that. Jerron man crushes on this guy. <laughs> so anyway. Um, and then uh, Mikey Moore is the worship pastor mm-hmm. there. And so when I called Gabe, I called Gabe originally and just said, hey, would you want to come and speak? And nobody wants to listen to Nick. Nobody wants that. Okay. I'm right. glad you finished that I'll say me. it. I'll Thank say you. it. I'll say it. Um, and so I called him. I said, hey, would you want to come out and and speak and be a guest speaker at this thing. And he's mm-hmm. like, absolutely, let's let's go. And because we're without a worship pastor, yep. I thought, hey, and they have a very vibrant worship team. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there's, you know, somebody on the team that leads well that maybe would want to come with you, and he's like, oh, well, Pastor Mikey. I'll just grab Mikey. Yeah, like, so we're not getting like the, the middle school worship leader that, oh, you know what I mean? Like, we're Three getting the guy. <laughs> I don't know. We're how, getting yeah, the dude. Letting them leave on us. Letting both of them leave on us. I know. I already. I I texted Fusco. The yep. So Daniel Fusco is the senior pastor. Sorry. So I texted Fusco and I was like, like I don't even know what to say. Like thank you so much for like just letting. the letting. Yeah. Like these are two very critical people. Oh, yeah. On what a Sunday is and or. Or maybe they're not as critical if He's they both can leave. He's just trying to test the waters. <laughs> He's like, let's see what it's like without these two and Can see what happens. Can you survive without them? No. So hopefully they never hear that part right there. So um, I'm going to clip it and send it to him. No. Yeah, I just want you to hear what Nick <laughs> said. So they're coming out. Um, and and the theme, Cal Conference, uh, Anchor Points of the Faith, mm. where 
there, there's a hundred different ways that we could like describe this. And this is just me personally. I remember right before my senior year of high school, I got invited to this really cool discipleship trip. It was just 10 of us guys. We go out to, and we hike Medicine Bow Peak mm. out in Wyoming. Super cool. Let's go. Like I, I have a small desire to like take the fam so they can see that because that was a very um, impactful trip for me, um, all things involved in it. And so we also went rock climbing. And the coolest thing is we like we we hired a company. They had a guide that they'd come out. They had all the ropes and stuff. Taught us how to rock climb. Well, this dude, you like so. There's already little anchors into the rock, mm-hmm. right? He, this was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So when we got to climb, like we're hugging the rock. We're holding like both feet, both hands. Like I think Is I even used. Climbing? I even used my teeth at one point, I thought, like, I'm going to bite the rock just to make sure I don't fall. And I'm hooked up to a rope. He, he just ties a rope around his waist and no hands. No hands. How is that possible? I am telling you like a billy goat, no hands, walks up. Where's, where's, okay, walks up the, the cliff side. No handed and gets to the top and then starts hooking the rope in the craziest thing I've ever seen. Now, I mean, it probably wasn't like the double black diamond, you know, cause that's what skiing is. I just don't know what rock climbing is. It probably wasn't the worst, but it, it was, I mean, it was crazy to see him do that. He put both hands behind his back. Like it wasn't Yosemite. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like that solo, solo. project. <laughs> yeah, my son watched that. He was like, I have anxiety after all that. So that was that was the craziest thing. So anyway, once he got up there, he hooked the rope into those anchor points. And and climbing, even though like my legs were shaking, my arms were tired, I was scared, and I fell a couple times, but the anchor points is what mm-hmm. held. And there's anchor points of our faith. You know, and I love the line that says, don't let what you don't know Mm -hmm. affect the things that you do know. And so there are times, again, going back to the sermon series, that doesn't make sense. What the heck? I get that. Root yourself back into anchor yourself in what you do know. Mm -hmm. And so um, so talking to Gabe about that, I said, hey, would you want to come out and speak on the anchor points of faith? And he's like, let's go. Love that. So him and Mikey are coming out. They'll be flying in, staying for the whole conference. And here's the craziest, very not the craziest, but a cool point. So, so Gabe is from Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. He actually, I think, was born in Mexico, okay. moves yep. to the States, learns English like the American story. Amazing. Loves football, and he goes, I just picked a team, and I've been rooting for him ever since. Yep. So he's not like a bandwagon fan. Nope. Like he, So he is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And was a fan when they were terrible. A fan when they were terrible, and now that we've won back-to-back Super Bowls. Go. Say that nice and loud for all my friends that don't like the you Kansas City Chiefs. because it was Riggs Chiefs. and oh, the yeah, came the sure, game. Oh, yeah, sure, whatever, and Taylor yada, yada. Swift and uh-huh. whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so this Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and he gets to fly out this week into Chiefs Kingdom. I thought, that. let's go. So I texted him that today, and he's like, "Dude, twenty four is just he, an incredible year already." If he come tomorrow, he could. We go to the parade. Go to the parade, Gabe. Move your ticket up. Let's go to the parade. <laughs> so, um, but the whole the whole heart for. 
the conference came out of, so the last two years, we've done a marriage conference, which has been, I think, was one of our best events, the marriage conference. First year I did it, um, there might be a clip. (laughs) <laughs> Moving on. Don't bring it up. Moving on. Don't bring it up. Nope. Read Song of Solomon chapter four. If you've never read the book of Song of Solomon. And there's a there's a couple of verses about it's the two, only book of the Bible. Two young deer. That make grown women blush and grown men. I might have said something at a marriage night and half of the congregation that was there turned red and the other half read and went silent. The other half Started laughing hysterically like, I cannot believe. I was looking for a job. I was for <laughs> sure that you were getting fired. And I was like, I'm not staying around here for the new guy to come in and let me there go. It is. And then last year we brought in a guest speaker who does this and speaks at mm-hmm. marriage nights. And so when we were in our like staff planning at the end of last year, looking at, ahead at 24 and thinking like, hey, what do we want to do? Like, The one thing is like, you never want to wait until a ministry is like dying or dead dead before you kill it and change it. And it's like, hey, why it's still thriving? Is there something else that we could do? And my heart really landed. um, There's nothing wrong with the church speaking into marriages, and they should be doing that Mm -hmm. more and more. But there's so many people in our congregation, in our body, in this family of faith that are not married. And could we do something more broad where we just have an opportunity of discipleship Mm -hmm. for everyone? And, and like, let's just be honest, where we're not rubbing a little bit more salt into the wounds of singleness, mm-hmm. where for some reason in the church in America, we see that as a less than status. Yeah. So, so we pivoted away from a marriage night, not that we never would do one again in the future, but just, we really felt led, let's just disciple mm-hmm. our people. And so... The Cal Conference is just that. It is, it's not like a big outside trying to bring right. people in from the, like, no, this is for- Because we don't have the, the space. Yeah, we don't have the- <laughs> Sorry, Nice way soon. to swing that. Sorry, too soon. right in there. <laughs> um, but it's for our, our people and disciple them. And kind of the line that I've been thinking through and we've said a few times was like, because of Heart for the House, because of what God is doing, like there's going to be a call, I believe, for Calvary to step into to make an impact in the lake area mm-hmm. more than even what it has. Um, but we have to prepare our hearts well for it. So for us, t- like we need to take some time now to get discipled, to get equipped, to get trained up so that we could be the church then when he calls. Because again, yeah. God is not like this chaotic, spontaneous, like he is a God that plans and prepares. So even if you look at the life of Joshua, you know, like he, if you if you go back a little bit when Moses was still leading, you'll start to see at the end of Moses's life, oh, there was Moses and Joshua that he was already mm-hmm. training and preparing him. And you show up on the scene. Exactly. It wasn't just like, Moses is dead. What are we going to do? All right, first hand up gets oh. the lead. Yeah, no, no, no. He, he already had a man, and he was already equipping him and training him and raising him up. And so we, we can't wait until we see a ministry opportunity to prepare ourselves for it because crisis and opportunity will never give you a heads up. We have to be ready in season and out of season. Yep. And so taking some time right now, to be ready, it's it's kind of almost like we're in the Army Reserves. This is our one weekend a month, two weeks a year, so that we are trained up and ready to go when the call comes. 
so that if we're out of shape, we can get into shape. <laughs> you can get into shape, get reminded. If we're into shape, we stay in yeah. shape. And what we want to remind ourselves are the basic truths of the faith. Yeah. You know, so that's where we're at. My mic stands being crazy. It's just resting on my belly. <laughs> Welcome to the breakdown. Um, so yeah, that's Cal so, Conference. That's this weekend. It's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, and then Tuesday is going to be a night of worship. And Tuesday, when we normally sit down and record the podcast, we're going to have <gasps> we're going to have Gabe and Mikey Let's go. on the podcast. So we'll have guest speakers. Three seasons in, the breakdown has not only grown in listener, but now we have a guest more than speaker. just you and I. Oh, I didn't start the breakdown the way that I wanted to. I'll oh, do it next week. What do you? Okay, are we? I'll do it next week. Okay. You remember me. the thing I told you about? I have no idea. Remember the thing I told you about with the name? Said, hey, we're gonna shift the name of the breakdown. And I told you what it was gonna be. Okay. For those of you, I'll just cats you, out of the bag. Cats out of the bag. So I told Nick, I said, hey, I think I'm gonna change <clears> the name of the breakdown. He's like, why? That's stupid. And I said, I'm, we're just gonna call it the breakdown. With Nick Pierce. Oh, no. I'm your no. host, Ron Hummison. <laughs> no, yeah, he brought that up. I'm like, I will stab you. I've cars. never seen Nick so quickly say no and shoot down. Actually, that's not true. It happens quite frequently. It does. But when you got bad ideas, you got bad ideas. Bad <laughs> but you got to say them just no, to make sure they're bad ideas. <laughs> Here, I got another thing to talk about on the break. Oh, great. Speaking of the cats out of the bag. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Where so, are we going with this? No, it, literally the cat. <laughs> we didn't even. <laughs> so the other amazing thing of twenty four, we're sitting <laughs> we here. Talk about this. We're sitting here, and I walk into church one <laughs> one day, and it's it's a work day. It's not Sunday. It's a work day, and I walk up the stairs, and I'm just like, like I smell cat, which I didn't know was a smell. Ew, yes, cat is one of the worst smells. <laughs> really? Oh yes. Just smelled like a cat house in here. And so I'm walking up, I'm looking around, I'm like, what is that? Like, do we really have a cat in the chair? How do you get a cat in the chair? And then we found there were some like uh, bars, like some pecan bars mm -hmm. left out. Duly noted, cats love pecan bars. And we know this because we turned all of the interior security cameras on and we caught the cat. We found a cat somehow got into the church. We we have an idea how we got in. We, but then he's just hanging out. Yeah, this wasn't like, uh, oh, we saw the cat go in, and then we called, and it took a day or two to find. No, no, this stupid cat has been living in the church for at least a week, eating the food. Oh, yeah, living it up. Living his... Or best life. Best and now life. here's the funny part. We have security cameras inside the church, right, that John was talking about. And so we set them up. We put some food out. We even had to call a place to trap them. I was going to go Rambo on this Yes. Cat. We're sitting there one night, and all of a sudden, you're on text, the cat's in the foyer. So we all hop on our devices. To watch the to cat watch in the this. foyer. This cat just, like, pops a squat right in the <gasps> middle of our foyer in front of the camera and just starts bathing himself. Like, he's just rolling over, oh, being real oh. relaxed. And then I talk to the cat because we can speak from, because it's on our phones, and you can speak through the cameras into wherever there's the cat. Don't bring up the cat, Taylor said. We're bringing up the cat. This is real this is ministry. And so we're talking to the cat through the camera, 
And it, I, I said like, hey, or that? something like that, just to see if it would turn towards the camera. This cat speaks back. I it, kid you not. It, we're live. There is a video. And I it's like, it. I'm going to pull it up. So yo, you do you have it? it? I have the video. The I cat, have you ever heard a cat say hello? The cat's alone, and he knows he's alone in the church. He hears something, and he goes. The demon-possessed cat is what it is. Hello. Like, hello. responds back. I was like. Whip we don't need that? to trap that cat. We need to shoot that cat. Oh, uh, right? I saved it. When was that? I don't know. I don't know. So that was another amazing thing of 2024. Uh, that was okay. not on my list of things to expect. I thought it was. In 2024? Yep. Um, but if we're starting that year with a cat, like what? what's left? What else are we going to be having? Where can the Lord take us? Yeah. That's what I, that's really, I'm, Dang it, now I really want to find this video. Uh, the other thing uh, that you can uh, tell the people about. So this year. Yeah, what else are we talking about? This year after, so the conference is this weekend. Yep. And then next week, so in a week and a half, I guess. Yeah. That Sunday, we are officially launching into Genesis, <gasps> which we'll spend the next year and a half the going year. through the book of Genesis, which we're calling the year of beginning. The year of beginnings. So Genesis is, so when they took the Hebrew Bible, translated it to the Greek, do you know what that's called? The Greek translation of the Old Testament? The Septuagint? My man, let's go. What's its abbreviation? Uh, it's three, three Roman numerals. I don't know. LXX, because it's 70. Because there was 70 okay. translators to it or whatever. That's where they came up with that. I remember a teacher telling me yeah, that. There that was you probably go. a class I slept yeah, through. See, there's this stupid geek out things that I remember. So that's where you get the word Genesis, where if you go back to the Hebrew, um, they would just name specifically the first five books of the Bible, which is called the, this is Bible trivia with Nick the and The Pentateuch. The Pentateuch. I'm not even paying attention. I'm surprised. What's a I'm Hebrew word for it? Shorter with a T. Hold on. I'm sorry. You asked me the Pentateuch. first five books yeah. of the Pentateuch. What, what else could you call it? Shorter word starts with a T. I have no idea. Torah. Torah. Oh, that's <laughs> too. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. So uh, they would only look at the first significant word in the book. And that's where we get beginnings. Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, the word barashit in Hebrew is in the beginning. And so beginnings, and then it's translated. That's where we get Genesis mm -hmm. from. So we're starting the book of Genesis, um, and I am super excited about it. And here's a great way to remember the book of Genesis. Four events, four people. If you can know that, you know the book of Genesis. You have creation, the fall, the flood, and nations, Tower of Babel, right? And then you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. So, four, four. If you four events, four people, there's the book of Genesis. And so, it, what I'm excited about on the first part is so many, and this is super, uh, has infected the church mm -hmm. a lot. Is is Genesis 1 to 11 really true? Ooh. See, the answer is no. So Abraham, <laughs> Abraham, you know, Genesis 12 with Abraham, they'll say, okay, yeah, he was a real dude that believed he was a chosen and through him a nation and all that. It is a, it, it is a legitimate question. What? Is Genesis 1 to 11 true? Yeah, like not, like, 
if you put it into, because I was having this thought the other day. Not, Welcome to heresy. No, no, the, no. I, it is down. true. But I'm saying, like, if you, if you have, like, no. if you're new to faith, if you're new to faith, does this really happen? Who, who what? is, who is yeah. penning, yeah. quote unquote? <clears throat> Moses. Moses wrote that. Sorry, I thought you were asking legit. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's going to punch me right now. So Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Yes, because uh, Moses was sitting up next to the Lord, watching him create everything, and then penned. This is the level of sarcasm that happens on the breakdown. So um, what I love about Genesis 1 to 11, every major doctrine of the faith is rooted in Genesis 1 to 11. So when we call Jesus the second Adam, why? Because there was the first Adam. There had to be a first. To be there a had second. to be a first Adam. If we think about Jesus had to die for sin, where how did sin enter the world then? Hmm. You know, marriage gender, even the reason we wear clothes, we are reminded of our sinfulness every time we wake up and put clothes on. That might be the the one forgivable sin, the okay sin. I'm just saying, can you imagine? Dear Lord. <laughs> I'm just saying. Our Father, who art in heaven, <laughs> hallowed be thy name. The kingdom. We're live right now, guy. Yeah, I know. No. There's a, I'm and not so, going to change who I am. <laughs> and so all the doctrines of the faith, all the major doctrines are rooted in that. And so, and that is what's great is because um, nobody would contest the later parts, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus yep. being the second Adam. Where Where is that rooted? It's rooted in a reality of the first Adam. And so there's, there's multiple of those, like the doctrine of work. Mm. Like we were designed to work. So if you're just a couch potato living on your parents' couch in the basement and you don't want to get a job because you just don't feel like it and it's going to damper your creativity and your free time, you're going against the design of God for your life. Mm. Like we were created to work. And so all of that is rooted in Genesis 1 to 11. And I think it answers really big worldview questions. How did we get here? I mean, were we re- like, I love the line, were we really evolved like from the goo to you via the zoo? And we just like popped through different animals until all of a sudden humanity and also now evolution has stopped? Really? I've never heard that. You've never heard that? No. Go from the goo to you via the zoo? <laughs> you know, like, let's talk about evolution real quick, right? So, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you, let's go from the, the goo, the single cell amoeba. Mm-hmm. All through the difference, you know, amoeba to a little tadpole to a whatever until a monkey and then a man. I'll give you all that, oh. right? How do you go from non-life to life, non-consciousness to consciousness, right? How do you go from the nothing to something? That's By the accident. Yeah, yeah. Without that, an intelligent. Design. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and and you can't say chance because that does like. The probability, yeah, yeah it's, it's impossible. So the biggest gap that evolution doesn't try to answer, and it and it and they can't, is how do you get that? How do you get to the first single cell amoeba? Mm. Like how do you even even if you look at the mathematical probability just for the shorter of a single protein? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like, and and that's what I love, Doctor Stephen Meyer. You were yep. talking about intelligent design, like when we in nature or anything, look and we see intelligence, 
there's an intelligent design. There's an intelligent designer behind it. And so the more and more we look through the telescope, we look through the microscope, at, you know, DNA or telescope out in space, like all we see more and more is more and more design mm-hmm. and that there's just no way that this could be. So how did we get here? Creation. Um, how did we get into the problem? Right? So if God created everything perfect, look at the world right now. It's not perfect. What happened? Sin. How did sin enter the world? And then what do we do? How do we fix the problem? Well, we don't. But that's why God sent a savior first. Mm. So, so yeah, big worldview questions, the, the foundation of key doctrines of the faith, all Genesis 1 to 11, you know, and then we get the crazy stuff too. I've had, I've already had people because we're doing uh, something we launched also at Vision Sunday that you didn't bring up is we have our Bible reading plan. Uh. Oh, he doesn't care about Bible reading. <laughs> I was okay, here to see what you said. <laughs> and so people, like we've made it through Genesis. I think we're done with like Exodus now and Job. Those are the books of the Bible we've read. And <clears throat> I've had a few people. Say, hey, pastor. Uh, how are you going to handle? How? Yes. How are you going to handle Lot's daughters getting them drunk and shagging in a cave because they think the whole world has got it done? How about Onan? You know, how are you going to handle that one if you know the story of him, you know, or Tamar? We, we don't read those stories in our Bible because they're not in our Bible. Because usually I think all we think about with Genesis, once we can get past the big, like Abraham, yeah, there was something about Joseph, creation. You know, it's almost the same if if the only thing we think about with Revelation was the number of the beast and the mark of the beast and all that crap. We missed the whole point, right? Revelation. We missed the whole point. If all we think about with Genesis is, okay, then who are the Nephilim? Which is probably the, what how about it's the book of be? Enoch? What's that at? Yeah, and that's what it's going to be. And it's like, will you stop? Because we love controversy and the gray. Oh, yes. Like so much. So that's, yeah, I'm excited about Genesis. Yes, we'll walk through some of that stuff. We'll talk through it. But again, uh, I think it's it's understanding the the foundation that our faith is rooted in, um, and Genesis provides that so much. And it's going to make the breakdown very interesting. <laughs> and there's no other, like, if I'm thinking about it, like it, you know, when you think about the different dispensations that we, you know, the landscape of human history have been through, and there's quite a few right there, you know, from the creation, fall, into the flood, and then the Abrahamic covenant. I mean, there's four mm-hmm. of the seven or eight, depending on what school you went to. I mean, half of them are right there in Genesis. Yeah, you don't you have know, to get far. You don't have to get far. And then Exodus gives you the law. I mean, boom, like that's pretty much. So there's a lot of what God is doing and changing how he's interacting with his humanity through those. And it's good to understand that um, because like, again, people critical of our faith, they'll say things like, oh, you just pick and choose which laws you want to follow. No, we don't. Like, how can you eat shrimp and bacon, but they couldn't in the Old Testament, but homosexuality is still a sin. It's like, you need to understand dispensationalism. Mm -hmm. You need to understand that we're not under the law anymore. The law is for revelation, not regulation. And how did we get there? And why do we have a heart for Israel? Well, because there was a guy named Abraham, you know, and there's an unconditional covenant. So now we're going to talk about covenants and what's unconditional, what's conditional. And like, there's a lot of good, good doctrine and theology in Genesis. And a lot of times we don't 
We don't see that. Skip right over it. Yeah, we just skip right over it because we just think it's the fun little stories. And so when people ask like, hey, how are you going to handle this and that? And and all of them had a sexual nature. And it's like, do you really like, I've been here three years. Do you really think I'm going to like shy away (laughs) from those conversations? That's probably their way of asking. They're probably probably hoping to stay home. Will you shy away from those, please? Like, would you not? You know, they just want to know what you're going to say. That's what it is. I don't even know what that is. The Holy Spirit. That's probably true. So, yeah, I'm excited for Genesis. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, what else we got? I, my wife sent me the video of the cat. <gasps> we got the it. cat video. See if I can get this turned up loud enough into the mic that you yes. can hear. Okay. All right, quiet, quiet on the set. So, quiet on the set. Here we go. Here we go. Demon cat. He flat out said, hello. Like it, and it's not even what he said. It's even how he said uh-huh. it. He said it like he, he, like somebody's here. Uh huh. Like, hello, anybody? Hello. Like I would have said it the same way. If I thought I would have heard something and I was in the church by myself, I was laying in bed watching <laughs> that video. That was like at eight o'clock. What are you, an old man? Sorry. I was I laying in bed <laughs> watching that video. <laughs> Oh. And I, I was exhausted, but I just happened to get on because I got the notification that it's like a pet has been spotted. Now the heart for the house. We want to be a home for the broken, encouragement to the hurting, but we are not going to be a cat house for the demon kitty. <laughs> I draw the line. I can't do it. Sorry. So that just perfectly sums up. There it is. That sums up 24 in a nutshell. And it's only like mid-February. What? Yeah. What What? What could happen this year? Don't ask that. Don't ask uh, that. I, yeah. That's like praying for patience. <laughs> you just don't pray for patience. Exactly. Um, what else we got? What I don't have, have anything. You don't have anything? That was it? All right. Do we have time for something that's off the cuff since we're live? Absolutely. We've got all the time in the world. Okay. Non-game. How was the Super Bowl? Not. Wait, what? Yeah, not about the game. How was the Super Bowl? Have you heard anything about the Super Bowl? Have nothing to do with the game on like all your social media feed with different churches and pastors and ministries or anything? Because mine... Would it involve a Bible? Uh, possibly. Ooh, I don't know then. So, so my social media feed has been blowing up with, because I follow yep. quite a few different things. About a certain, there was two commercials. Oh, yep. I already know where you're going with this. With feet washing? Uh-huh. And with loving your neighbor. Yep. And I've been chewing on this. Here we go. I have very, yeah. And we haven't talked about this. So this is like live action. So we could completely disagree or we could completely agree or we could just, you know, but hey, unity. Okay, buddy. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Okay, here we go. I have very strong feelings. I have been seeing a lot of people inside the church, followers of Jesus, just absolutely condemn and hate this. All right, let's think through a couple things. When you're thinking of the mass of millions of people that are watching the Super Bowl. 126.5 million was the number they released. Most watched Super Bowl ever. Wow. My heart wants to say the, the basic person watching the Super Bowl 
Um, we don't know where their faith is at, but when you're thinking about 123.4 million people watching the Super Bowl, that's not a bad spot to maybe put an ad. Now, and, and if you're trying to reach a demographic very broad, right, and I am of the, I think we should lead in grace because we'll have more opportunities to share truth. And if you share truth, you're going to lose opportunities to share grace. And and so if somebody was watching those two commercials and they thought, and, and they just went to Google, right, pick up their phone and said, Jesus, wash feet. Bible, question mark, it would lead them to the truth, to the word of God. Mm -hmm. Or if it, Jesus, love your neighbor, it would take them to Mm -hmm. the truth, the word of God. That's how I see that. Mm -hmm. I had no issues with it. Now, the organization as a whole, did they perfectly articulate deep theology? And and, no, but I don't, Mm -hmm. what's so hard is I think the church at times has to see certain things said or they don't approve it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that wasn't for you. Mm -hmm. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're apprenticing him and you know his word, right? And you have the word of God and you study and you read this, you got your little, you know, this is mine, little 24 Bible reading plan and you're praying and you're serving and you have a vibrant relationship with the Lord. That commercial wasn't for (laughs) you is my heart. Yeah. It was to pique an interest because think, if Paul would have done what he did at Mars Hill today, we would have crucified him for it. Mm-hmm. How could, how dare you walk through a place with so many false gods and to use one of those plaques of an unknown God and try to leverage that to reach these people with Jesus. You just need to go in there and tell them they need to repent of their sin. And it's like, how about you just stop for a moment? Mm-hmm. And so I, and so my whole social media feed has been condemning It's very that. funny that you bring this up. And so my line this morning, this is what hit me, right? If the church, if the church was fully walking faithfully in the mission that Jesus has for us, we wouldn't be that offended by that commercial, nor would there be a need for it. That's mm-hmm. just me. So you say, hey, it's good I bring this up. Why? It's, it's- well, because I, I read two articles about it. It was this morning a good chunk of my TikTok feed. Um, and so you and I would, would agree on this. Yeah on this topic I and I get it um, I get very very bent out of shape that um, who we are called to emulate to mm. uh, to live like life like um, to apprentice um, is the very thing that we're not <clears throat> yeah in situations that our identity is so tied to things the two things that I saw were, look how many millions of dollars were spent on this Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> and it's like, I love that you got mad at that, but you didn't get mad at any single other commercial yep. and the millions that they spent yep. and they weren't trying to promote Jesus in any way. Do you know who else 
got mad about the spending of money that could have went to the poor? Uh, Jesus? Uh, no, 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 no. Jesus wasn't. Oh, that's right. He was mad. That so a woman takes a very expensive bottle of perfume. Oh, that's right. And, dump, and mm-hmm. anoints Jesus' feet with it. Because you could have sold and that. And who and... pipes up and says, you could have took that. That's a great... And you wasted it on the feet of Jesus. Judas Iscariot. Just going to say it. So, like, let's. You want to talk about accurately depicting scripture? That's why that rings so true, is because that's the very words of Judas to say that money could have been used for this. And for me, and I, this is. But that ministry isn't about feeding the poor. It's the same tactic when people look at pro life people that are trying to. undermine the concept of abortion and, and attack that. And they're like, well, why don't you spend your time uh, towards adoption? Yeah. No, like w- we are anti-abortion. We are pro-life. That's our, that's our movements. Mm-hmm. Now there, yes, we are in favor of adoption, but th- that it's the same yep. thing. And that's a tactic to try to undermine the validity of that ministry. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, and, and I get it. And this is just me shooting off the cuff. So take it with a grain of salt. I haven't fully thought it out. Um, For me personally. Mm -hmm. Way of description, not prescription. Yes. Very heavy. (laughs) Very heavy. Yeah. Um, I, there is a time and place for correct doctrine. There's a time and place for correct theology. Um, That is not in a Super Bowl commercial in 30 seconds. You only have so much time. That is not on the Facebook poster feed. You cannot perfectly articulate everything you want to. And if you tried, no one's reading the 25 pages. But to grab somebody's attention the way the Lord grabbed your attention, it was fine. And how much perfect theology and doctrine did you have when you first were just interested in Jesus? And and I get it. Like, you know, one of the articles I, you know, it was... It was very clearly, hey, this is why you should be weary of this movement. And so I was like, I get what yep. they're saying because yep. as Western Americans, we we tend to put all our eggs in a basket yep. and we don't do our due diligence and investigate and know what, you know, um, he, oh, what is it? I can't even think of the name of the movement now. He gets us. Yeah, he gets um, us. He gets us.com uh, is the organization, you know. You don't do your investigation. You just go, oh, they said that. I don't like that. And therefore, the whole thing. So there were some things that said article I agreed with in this sense of, you know, Jesus didn't wash everybody's feet. He washed the disciples' feet. And here's the differentiation between disciple and everybody else. Yep. And it's like 100%. 100% agree. But I think pastors need to lead their congregants or their family of faith Yep. in one, as the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding, and two, uh, in the setting of the church or in a setting that is more the family of faith, yep. not anyone and everyone. And and see, nobody, everything I'm hearing is of the one commercial about washing the feet. We talk about love the neighbor, mm. and all of a sudden everybody went mute. Because, oh, yeah. yes— you, it is right. Jesus only washed the feet of his disciples. He also told them that a disciple is not above the master. And so if he was going to do that, a perfect being, and you think about who he, who did he wash the feet of? Judas, the very one that betrayed him. 
you know, even the whole, there's a little, little phrase like Judas ate too. Mm-hmm. Like he sat at the last supper as well. He ate, he dined with them, you know? So, so yes, Jesus only washed the feet of the disciples, but Jesus also, uh, protected and saved a woman caught in the midst of adultery who most likely was probably just butt naked and thrown at his feet. Mm-hmm. And he showed her grace first. He he showed grace to the woman at the well. He ate dinner with sinners and tax collectors. So why, where's the issue there? Yeah. But we only want to talk, we find that one few little thing that maybe wasn't exactly accurate. Yep. I get that. But the other one that said, love your neighbor, and it showed pictures of, of whoever our neighbor would be. Nobody, nobody wants to attack that one because they know they're wrong in it. Yep. And that's what my frustration would be is like if, like you said, if we uh, as pastors in our churches would teach, would lead, would example that well, then there wouldn't be a need for that. But this idea that like... It, if, like you said, you have 30 seconds of a Super Bowl commercial to talk to 123 million people, and you're, you have all kinds of walks of life there, which is super hard to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I know one guy, he's, he was on the radio, and they asked him, hey, defend Christianity. He says, I won't. You're on the radio. You got millions of people listening. Why won't you do it? He goes, because I don't know where they're at. And I could say something to this person and where they're at in their life, but it would offend and it would actually hinder the gospel because it's a whole different context. And so they're the ones taking the risk of saying, okay, 123 million people, they could, a hundred million different spectrums of where they could be at in life. What do we want to say? Jesus loves you. Yeah. And love your neighbor. Like it's something to pique an interest to go, you know, because again, if you Google that, just like what Tim Tebow, he had John 316 written under there. Mm-hmm. And you can look, like, it almost broke Google, everybody that was searching, what is John 316? Wonderful. Which is funny to even think that people yeah. out there have no idea what John And so when is. the church wants to attack, or I don't want to say the church, when people, Christians, want to attack what they did because they didn't use the 30 seconds to say, you know, it, you know what it makes me think of? We were at a car show down here at the lake, and I've seen this people do this a couple times at different events. You were just walking along, and he's got a big sign that he's wearing. He's got a bullhorn, mm-hmm. and he is screaming about repent. You don't, you know. Mm-hmm. We heard the same thing when we were leaving the Passion Conference, and and they're just screaming through a bullhorn, and they're just bringing it's everything negative. We're all going to hell. You know, the churches today are apostate. Like if, if we lead in, in that, and that's what the commercial is, I see no difference in it. Yeah. It's like, is that really the first, is that the really, that that's the first impression? Yeah. And for me, what, what's going to change somebody's life? (laughs) Like, yeah. Is it the relational equity that I build with my neighbor or with the person that I that they have allowed that? Yeah. Or is it me walking into somebody's life, laying out, you know, my good theology and doctrine yeah. to show them how bad they are? Because that's the only way it's going to be taken. Yeah. So if you watch the He Gets Us, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope maybe there's maybe a few people that might come across this. That are that would not consider themselves Christian. If you watch the He Gets Us commercials and you're interested in who Jesus is, 
we would love to have you. Mm. And 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 if there is somebody that like went all in deep into the whole he gets us uh, philosophy of ministry, wherever things would maybe need to be a little bit uh, sanded down and corrected, like are we really afraid of that? Like how many people walk in with differing thoughts and theology like praise the Lord that there was some kind of interest. Yeah. Because even Paul was like, dude, these guys over there are preaching the gospel in vain. Like they're preaching the gospel out of, they're trying to make money off of it. Like he goes, but hey, if they're preaching the gospel, I'm all right with it. And it's like, but not the church, not today anyway, they're not. Mm. So if if Mm. you buy into the whole he gets us, great, love it. Let's talk, would love to get coffee and walk through, you know, the gospels and understand who Jesus really is. So we make sure who he is and, and how I would define gets us because he, he knew me, he saved me, he is sanctifying me. And then one day he is going to come down and get me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we call that the rapture, right? Like, amen. And so like, I just, here it is again. I even spoke about this on Sunday, mm-hmm. talking about the heart for the house I think the greatest unhealth in the church is not a disease of something that we've acquired from the outside world, some attack. It's an autoimmune disorder. Killing ourselves from within. Yep. And I have kids that have autoimmune disorders. It's their body attacking itself, right? So I have kids that have celiac disease. Mm-hmm. Their body thinks that when they eat wheat, they, the body thinks that that wheat is poison, mm-hmm. and it's not. You eat wheat, I eat wheat, we're perfectly fine. It's actually nutritious to us. But for some reason, their body sees it as poison and it sends a bunch of antibodies and it's the antibodies that actually hurt their system. Mm -hmm. It's not the wheat, it's their own antibodies. Mm -hmm. And so here we are as the church with this thing brought in and we send all of our antibodies to attack it because it's something different it's like, or at least somebody's doing something for 123 million people yeah. to try to maybe put a little bit of focus on Jesus. Yep. Now, is it 100% right? But sh- show me one theologian that is 100% right. Text it in. I mean, we're live. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what's so hard about this. There so there's, there's my soapbox. That was good. I don't know. I was just, I was getting ready this morning and I was thinking about that. And I just thought if we would do our jobs, if we would, if we would be faithful in what Jesus has called us, we wouldn't be that offended by that commercial, which, and there's been ones in the past where it's like, man, not my favorite, but I've sat in sermons where it's like, I know that pastor is a believer, loves the Lord, loves the word. Eh, I probably wouldn't have worded it that way. People sit under my teaching who love the Lord, love the word. And know that about me and say, eh, I probably would have worded it that way. Every week. <laughs> Every week. Right? And, and that's <laughs> like, at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? Then, then take out your own 30-second ad. Yeah. And I think that speaks to a bigger thing. Like, for me, there's something that the church needs to address. Painting broad brush. Yeah. Um, where... I think there was a time uh, in the Western American church that uh, church leaders stayed quiet 
because they didn't know how to address something yep. because the generations before them didn't address it or it wasn't a thing to address and they didn't want to be unloving or they didn't want to come across crass. Uh, but what they did in their lack of leading is they created an environment completely uh, ready for growth of the unhealthiest, worst kind. And as that generation of leaders and, and believers died off or stopped leading, then the new generation who didn't have that and it was never addressed and no one ever talked about it and no one ever took it from the darkness and brought it into the light and said, mm. we have to we have to address this and it's going to be messy and we're not going to we're not going to perfectly articulate it well, but it it's only going to grow and fester in the darkness. We need to bring it into the light so it can starve to death. Let's go. And when that happened, I believe in my generation that the shift of leadership, the shift of believers, that shift happened. And what happened is things that previous, my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents generation, they, and they've even said it in their own words, I can't believe that we're having to address this. Mm -hmm. Really? You, you Maybe think if 40 years ago you would have spoke into it or you think that <clears throat> that sin doesn't just continue to manifest in different ways and it don't even have to be sin like it, let's just talk about it like i think one of the issues that you're talking about is the purity culture mm -hmm. you know we can't talk about a biblical context of sex um i know grown women mm -hmm. grown women with grown women kids right who would say like when my cycle started my mom my mom didn't tell me anything about it. Like she never had that conversation. Or you with create me. these weird names about your oh, yeah. body. And, oh yeah. And yeah. Like I, I had a, I was a pediatric nurse. I had a mom. She could not say the word penis. This child had a massive rash that it was all over his whole body on his genitalia. And, and I was like, Hey, where, where is all the rash? And she's like, it's in his diaper. And I was like, is it, you know, on his scrotum? Is it on his penis? And she like, doesn't know. And it was like, she had to write it down on a piece of paper. <laughs> I was like, well, you didn't, you, you could say elbow. You did. <laughs> That's, fair. That's I, fair. I know one teacher, she had a kid in her class that was being molested by the mom's boyfriend. But because the mom didn't use proper terms when the, when the little girl was trying to tell the teacher, she didn't know, she didn't know what it meant. She was confused because the terminology wasn't there and it, and it took weeks then it clicked of, oh, because the term was cookie. So she had none. She was like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. And it's like, come on. Like, we have to have conversations like that. And so as you were talking, you know, the thing that hit me. I can only imagine. I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Not to get political. Oh, great. Not to get political. <clears throat> but there is... There is a, a realness in our culture today where there are a group of people that don't want to have reasonable, logical, intelligent conversations mm -hmm. with others that believe differently than them. A hundred percent. And the other side has terms for them. We call them snowflakes. Mm. Where look at them. Oh, they got their feelings hurt and they can't. Da, 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 da. In this situation... When we're talking about the he gets us, mm -hmm. who's the snowflake? Mm. 
<laughs> Who's refusing to be responsible, logical, and have a reasonable conversation? Nope. We just want to scream as loud as we can. Our beliefs. We don't want to engage somebody that that maybe believes a little bit differently us. We only want to condemn them. Take our head in the sand. We don't want to support them. And 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 now we're here because this is how we've always been. That the church can't talk about real issues. And so yeah, how is Nick going to handle? Lot sleeping with his daughters because he got drunk or Noah getting drunk or Onan spilling his seed. Like, yep, we're going to lean right into it because that's where the church has been failing. And if we can talk about those things, like we can talk about anything. Exactly. And then you walk into those situations and you just go, you know, how many times have we heard it said, like, why – why are the stories that we have in scripture the stories that we have? And, oh, and there are there are many reasons. But I I don't think it's an accident yep. that the Lord left awkward stories in in his all knowing <laughs> ability. Yeah. Knowing that at every generation there was going to be something that that generation struggled with that would be rooted in scripture that you would either have to talk about mm-hmm. or bury your head in the sand, but you couldn't say the Bible didn't address it. Exactly. And and that's the other thing. Like, imagine when I talk to my kids, we will start with one conversation, but how many times does that conversation move to something else because we're already talking? It's like, oh, if I'm talking to dad about this, then let me ask him about this or... Um, uh, Ashley, you just oh. put a target on your back. I don't know what that is. Um, my wife sent me this, and I'm, oh, I hope it's not a text message, and I'm just looking through Instagram. She sent me something that was so good. She's watching right now, Ashley. I know. Oh, there was a quote that she found. No, I'm trying to find it, because if we can't, oh, there it is. There it is. Okay, according to Barna. Barna Research. Oh, I love Barna. A good, yeah, I love a good Barna Research, right? One third of the young Christians they surveyed felt they were not allowed to ask their most pressing life questions in the church. Mm-hmm. That pisses me off. I'm just going to say it right now. Like, even bring your doubts, bring your frustrations, bring, yes. Like, when did the church lose its its voice to speak into life's most pressing Mm -hmm. questions, but they feel like young Christians can't ask that. This should be setting off alarm bells, and it does. Broadly speaking, the church needs to be better at creating an environment for people to explore their questions and express their doubts. So in their new book, uh, these people, they highlight why the church is perceived as unsafe place to ask their questions and express doubts. Ignored questions, vilified questions, and I think that's what we're mm-hmm. trying to do here is vilify it. Bad answers. <laughs> Just have enough faith. The Bible tells you, don't questions. Bad answers. Unacceptable or unaccepted answers. So notice two have to do with questions and two have to do with answers. Over the next few days, they'll be posting more about each or whatever. And it's like, we need. Like, it's not that we should. We need. We have to. 
If we, if the church is going to continue to stay on mission, we have to be able to walk in areas of life like this. Because if we, if this is how we act with he gets us, mm-hmm. and this is how we act, why would any person that doesn't even care about Jesus and him getting us have a conversation with us? If this is how we act towards them. Do we really think they're gay Christian or the one questioning their sexuality or their gender or even the existence of God? It's like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're so autoimmune. You're so fighting with yourselves. Like, I, we have just lost the ability to speak into it. Yeah. And so, like, we're called, again, Scripture tells us to be above reproach. But I think we take that to think that we can't associate mm-hmm. with people. But then again, go back to Jesus. Go back to Judas go back to the sinners that he ate with, that he hung out with. And it's like, mm, mm. I was listening to uh, a J.D. Greer sermon yesterday. Um, and they're walk. Oh, what is this series that he's doing? Uh, True Disciple or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but he was talking about the definition of what a neighbor is. If you look at what that word means in context and scripture, like yep. we throw the word neighbor around thinking like our next door neighbor. The person we know, like you're yep. my neighbor. Yep. Yep. We live in a in a vicinity, a generalized vicinity. And so he's And I loved his differentiation. This oh was my great. Gosh. The way that he unpacked that was so helpful and so soul crushing yeah. for me. Cause I just went. Okay, well, I'm yeah. not doing anything that I'm supposed yep. to. So a neighbor would be, um, you know how to word perfect it, but I don't <sighs> want to steal your thunder. Steal my thunder. To me, how he put it is the neighbor is the person that you don't know. Yeah, it wasn't someone that you, yeah, because he talked, uh, he talked about. Because there's a difference between hospitality that, thank and you. fellowship. Yep. And, and so when we talk about that, hospitality is uh, inviting in the stranger. Yep. The one you don't know to get to know them. Yes, that's hospitality. So if you think, oh, I'm being hospitable and I'm inviting you know, people from my life group over to my house, that's not hospitality. You know those people. You know those people. That's fellowship, yep. which is super important in the body. We need times of fellowship, but we also need times of hospitality. Yep. And that's where it's like, oh, it's that new person at work or somebody that we don't know well. And it's like, hey, we should get dinner sometime. Yep. Hey, let's go get lunch together. Be hospitable. Reach out to the stranger. And and I loved how he defined and separated that. Both important, but we try to do one in the name of the other. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we lose yep. that. And so there's there's whole churches, there's whole ministries that are not hospitable. They're really good at fellowship. Yeah. And there's no evangelism. There's no, like, there's not even an opportunity. And that's where, so talking about creating a safe space for questions to be asked, that's going to happen more in hospitality mm-hmm. with the stranger. It's now in fellowship with the believer. Like, you know, there's times that you'll ask me questions. I'll ask questions. You know, my life group will ask questions. There's, there's even that in fellowship. But we need that in hospitality yeah. because, like, at the end of the day, no matter what you're going to ask me, I know you're saved. And you're going to be with the Lord no matter what, right? But what about the stranger that we're supposed to be hospitable to 
their spiritual condition is a little bit more in the balances than, you know, people that we know. Yep. And it's like, but we're spending so much time to do fellowship, still important, with the believer, but we don't want to spend any time to be hospitable to the unbeliever, to the stranger. And it's like, whose spiritual condition is more important? And and let's call it what it is. The reason we don't do that, the reason I don't do that, is because we're afraid of the question that is going to get asked that we don't have an answer for. And I think we have to get to a place, one, where there is no way around that. Yeah, Um, We have to grow through that. And the only way we grow through that is by walking through it. And so you're going to have a thing. And I would always tell my youth students this in student ministry. uh, It is better for me to look at you and say, you know what, that's a really good question. Give me some time this week. Let me ask people smarter than me. Let me do my research. Because isn't just that nice to off. hear every once in a while? Like, you know what? That's a great question. Because that's a double. Yeah, that's a double. It's win. like, wow, I'm actually processing a little something here. Because then that person doesn't feel like an idiot because <laughs> you know everything. They'll be like, oh, you're asking that? You're yeah. a moron. You know, like, no. I was talking to one ministry here at the lake. Mm-hmm. We'll keep them anonymous just for the safety of it. And I said, they do an event. And the the mission's a little... I would say a little convoluted. Mm -hmm. Are you trying to reach believers and have fellowship? Or are you trying to reach unbelievers and be more evangelistic? Can't do both. You got to do one or the other. And I said, you know, and how you uh, plan your events is that. So you can't plan your event for the church and then try to splash some evangelism. and, And, you know, and if anything, you could go the other way. And he said, well, if we plan the event to reach people and and do that, there's a lot of churches that would probably pull out from it. And I said, good. I said, as one of those churches, reach the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Like, I know where my people are going. If they've put their faith and their trust in Jesus, I know where they're going. Reach the unbeliever. And I said, that would probably be more unifying to the other churches than, oh yeah, we want to only go to events with people that only think like us, that look like us, that speak like us, that believe like us. That's like. But the funny thing is, is you try to do that and then everybody then goes back to, well, you think theologically different than me, so we can't associate. Or you believe differently than me, so we can't associate. And it's like. There are some serious, deep-seated issues that it's almost like a patient coming into the ER And like, they got some serious problems, but they only want to talk about like the hangnail and the splinter or the sore throat. And it's like- You're missing an arm. Yeah, yeah, I know. But could you get the splinter off my big toe? Yeah, like we we don't want to talk about it. (laughs) And it almost goes back to the Stockdale paradox. Like we, we cannot ignore the reality of the situation that we're in. And so it just- you know, and I'm sure, I mean, my Facebook feed's full or Instagram or whatever is full of people that would absolutely disagree with me. Okay. And that's it, like... And come on the breakdown. would love to have a conversation. And, and and they would say things that I'd be like, you know what? That's really good. You got me on that one. Yeah. Like, that's, that's good. That's a good thought. Yeah. Good line. Love that. But at the end of the day, like, when you're thinking about an organization spending the money that they did for 30 seconds, good job, guys. Yeah, I wonder if we can't get to the place where if the church is going to be the beacon of hope that it's supposed to be, mm. if it's going to be the place that um, the Lord has positioned the church to be, um, if we don't lead the charge in a, in a very 
uh, at least if you if you are listening outside the country, this may not affect yeah, you or make sense true. to you. So it's I'm true. speaking very Western and American. So I'm sorry if this doesn't <laughs> connect. Yeah. Just, but for for the Western American um, Christian who lives in America, um, the the view that we can't have civil conversations. <laughs> with people we disagree with and still love them, not because we have to, but because we want to. Oh. Until the church can do that, the political climate in America will only be as toxic as it currently is. Yep. Where you get on my side and we're okay or get off my, you know. Yep. Like, until the point we can come to a place to say, I see you, I respect you as a human being, we're going to agree to disagree on this, but we're still going to fellowship together. We're still going to break bread together. We just know that this specific topic or subject, we are at an impasse. Yep. And until we can lay down our pride as individuals, as believers, and say, <laughs> I don't know everything, and I know that there are going to be things that I don't have an answer to, and that is okay, yep. as long as the answer is I'm un... As long as the answer isn't, sorry... I'm unwilling to learn or I'm unwilling to change or I'm whatever that, as long as it's not that, anything's on the table. Yeah. But until we get to that point, I, I don't believe, you know, the political climate's going to change, the relational climate's going to change, the marriage climate, the point. None of that is going to change until things within the church change. Imagine if Jesus had that same response to his disciples. Even even before the cross, none of them mm-hmm. had good theology. Even up to the last week, as they're walking into Jerusalem, the sons of thunder. Mm. Who gets to sit at your right hand? Mm. Who's the greatest? I want to know. I want to know. They're still struggling with the idea of the Messiah that they want, not the Messiah that came for them. Oh, that's, yeah. They're still struggling with that. And it wasn't until the day of Pentecost, full of the Holy Spirit, and they still had issues. Why? What did Peter do? Paul. Paul, who was killing Christians, right? Because if this situation ever happened in the church, what's the first thing we would say? Paul, who are you to correct Peter? Mm-hmm. Paul, you've killed Christians. Peter's just, he's just not eating with Gentiles. Your sin is far worse. Yeah. You murdered people. Exactly. So we still have, you know, full of the Holy Spirit, church leaders missing the mark a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I I completely agree. It's kind of cool to see. I didn't know where we'd land. I assumed we'd land similar just because of all the other conversations that we've had. But I really do feel like it, and if the church isn't willing to take the first step. Now, I'm not saying in the church, from the pulpit, yep. but to engage the world around us. Like, how many times do you think Jesus just rolled his eyes and be like, these disciples, man, missed it again, missed it again. And even in that, the grace that he showed them, even in their own stupidity, yeah. when they, you know, I mean, just pick pick any of them and the many stories that we see. Yeah. The, the ones that we know about because they're in Scripture. Yeah. But if there's the ones in Scripture... I'm I'm gonna assume very unbiblically, but I'm I'm gonna yeah. assume that there are far more stories that did make it in the Bible, of as bad if not worse 
you know, stories and situations. Um, but, you know, to be in a spot where what Jesus modeled was a grace for the people that saw him day in and day out, yeah. that knew or suppo- were, was supposed to know his heart yep. and still messed it up, <coughs> there was as much grace for them as there was for the person that didn't know who Jesus was except from the celebrity status yep. that they heard about third and fourth or fifth Because, person. again, the only people that Jesus had trouble with mm. wasn't the doubter, it wasn't the misinformed, it wasn't the sinner, it wasn't the tax collector, it wasn't the one that didn't have perfect theology. It was the faker. Mm-hmm. It was the Pharisee. It was the whitewashed tomb. The outside of the cup is super clean, but the inside is all kinds of filth. That's who he struggled with. Yeah. That's who he had an issue with. And it's like, here we are as the church, rolling right back into our Phariseeism. And I would rather I would rather get to heaven and the Lord look at me and say, your theology was so wrong in every single way. But at least you loved. Then for me not to love. Yeah. But gosh darn it, my theology. I could pass the what, litmus yeah, test of theology. Like give me the theology. It's like, no, it's not either or, it's both and. Yep. Yeah. We, we we need to have I, I need to improve my my weight, my spiritual weight in, in having um a theological uh a mindset. But I can't live and die by that. Mm-mm. And and I can't crucify people mm-hmm. based on how we may agree or disagree on that. Um because I think nine times out of ten, the church, which is supposed to be a hospital for the sick and a refuge for the broken and all the other things that we could go on and on about has turned into the country club for the self-righteous mm. where we stand behind glass doors and we look out on, at the peasants um, and the less than or the different and, and and all we see is the things that make us different yeah. instead of the thing that makes us the same. Yep. Well, it's easy to see that they don't look like me, they don't talk like me, they don't believe like me, they don't act like me but they are me. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm with you. I know I don't have perfect theology. I know nobody does. But if I stand before the Lord and he says, why should I let you in? I believed in you. I put my faith and my trust in you, that your death, your life, death, resurrection, paid for my sin and gave me life. All right, what do you do with the rest of your life from knowing that? I surrounded myself with people like you did. And I and I I was okay being around the center. I just tried to point people to you. And I just tried to point people to you. I honestly believe to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor. Fellowship, hospitality, in their struggling, in their whatever it is, to always have an open invite that anyone, regardless of their spiritual status, regardless of where they're at in their faith, or even if they have a faith, to be there, be available, like, and point people to Jesus, I think we would hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. So it's, it's one of the, I have these conversations every once in a while with another friend. Um, and so when I took the position here, he was like, I don't get you. And I was like, what? 
he goes, you get so frustrated with the church at times for situations just like this. I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. He goes, so why do you, why do you become a lead pastor? And it's like, because again, if we're going we're gonna to hold fast to good theology, right? We're going to hold fast to the word of God. The church is the bride of Christ. And even though I struggle with her, it's his bride. Yep. And in that, I want to be the change that I want to see in the church instead of sitting on the outside beating the bride. Yep. Because my pastor said it this way. There was another ministry thing. And, and he said, we could. We could, like a little kid, you know, on the school playground, we could take our ball and go home. Mm-hmm. But then we refuse the right to speak into the game. Yep. But if I stay, even if the conversation's not going how I like, and even if the atmosphere of the game's not going how I like, and, you know, this little boy's over here talking about he gets us. But if I stay, I get to, I get to speak into the game. Yep. And it's like I would rather stay in the circle of people that maybe I disagree with, speak into the game, than take my ball and go home. And how many we just want to take our ball and go home. And at the end of the day, we're not any better than Westboro then. Just whatever. We just don't have picket signs and our message is a little bit different, but it's the same thing. It's the same philosophy at least. And so we just have to understand and know the heart of Jesus. And so like, this is just me. You know what I'm doing in my personal study? Like seems super basic. Let's go. I found a Bible plan on version. Yep. Little, just a chronological life of Jesus mm. through all the gospels. And I was like, I just want to see what Jesus did and what he said. That's all I want to look at for this season. Yeah. Paul has great theology, great letters, wonderful. I just want to look at the life of Jesus. Yep. And so there's, it's an 80 day thing and it's, it's been really good so far. And it's just like, here again, the, you know, the first thing we want to talk about, the first miracle of Jesus, a wedding at Cana. Mm. Darn it, you know, you know, my old Baptist coming up and it's like alcohols of the devil and it's like, mm. here's Jesus over here at a wedding. Oh, they need more Very wine? first miracle. They need more wine? Hold on, let me. I and got it's not this. Even, like, it, 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 it's not bad. It's not like, uh, that's kind of gross. Nobody wants to drink it. Good, we can all drive home sober. No, he got good wine and we all just got lit that <laughs> night. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what? Come on. It was too proof. Oh, yeah. it was too proof. That's good. Well, hey, thanks for going on a rabbit trail with me on that. I was, uh, it was just something that's been on my heart. It's uh, officially the breakdown. The breakdown. We have now crossed every T and dotted every I for what people have oh. come to expect for the breakdown. Amen. I am excited for uh, I'm excited for this season. You probably are listening or watching going. You have to say that uh, it uh, I'll call it what it is. It oh. was a much needed break for the two of us oh, in a very Lord. busy season of ministry. In fact, um, even today was crazy. Like, yeah, like running around within minutes before cramming food down to make sure um, it's one of those things. Like I told my life group, uh, I love life group after we get it going yeah. and I, I hate for it to end, but it, when it does, it's almost to the point of, if I go longer, I would be burnt out and bitter. E- each time it ends and each time it starts, I think, oh, this is so needed. Yep. Like we get to the end of a session. It's like, oh, this is needed. I need a break. Good. And then when it starts back up, oh, this is good. This and is that needed. that community that, yep, yep. exactly. So 
I, I feel the same seasons about the seasons of ministry. Yes. Seasons of ministry. We're Even gonna, Jesus had those. We're gonna ride the waves. Let's with this go, one. baby. I'm surfs up. My it's favorite gonna, movie. It's a great movie. Amen. So I, I am. I'm excited for season three. It is uh I know if you listen to any of the previews that we released trying to kind of get the information out about today and this year, um, and just this season as a whole, uh w- kind of the the language that I've used not to oversell it the biggest and best. And I don't mean numerically. I'm just excited because um, what started out as this off the wall, ridiculous, this is probably going to fail miserably, but we at least need to try it idea has turned into a core thing that if we go too short or we take too long of a break, um, people don't agree with us all the time. Like it, it just, it's, it's been something that I think, um, uh, it has given us a platform, not only for our own people in the flock that we call Calvary, that we get to pastor and shepherd, um, but for those that that here that are more on the fringes, um, it's given us a place that is both church and not church all at the same time. And I think in this um, in this year of beginnings, I'm excited for what I have hopes that it, the Lord Amen. may do with it. I also know that my hopes and dreams and aspirations compare, <laughs> you know, are, are you know they pale in comparison to yeah. what the Lord has. And I know for a fact that there are going to be things that I wish would happen that aren't going to happen, and that's fine. Yep. Uh, but I'm excited it. to see what the Lord does in and through this year and this season of the breakdown. Um, and so for you watching right now or maybe listening or watching later on when you get off work or whatever, just a couple, I don't like housekeeping things, but it's well, the first housekeeping. one. We, we, we just go. do. Put um, the toilet seat down. We're, <laughs> we're, no, not that housekeeping? We're, no, not that housekeeping. Okay, sorry. Uh, you do whatever you want at your house. There you go. Um, just a few things that, that will help us out. It will help you out. Uh, if you've never watched us on YouTube, just for laughs and giggles. Um, I would highly encourage you to go That's watch. That's the phrase I know, but keep going. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, there's a reason I changed it. Um, uh, just go watch one episode to see the craziness that you think happens in your ears. Just watch it happen visually. Yeah. Um, but cool. the podcast is available on YouTube if you're more of a visual person and you want to sit down and watch it. Uh, but if you aren't, that's totally fine. If you're listening on your pa- on your favorite podcast platform, uh, do us a favor, uh, subscribe to the the show, and, and this is going to sound super self uh, entitled. Is that the word I want to oh, say? Oh man, where are you uh, going? Whatever. Um, if you would leave us uh, a review. Just on Jerron. I don't know if I can handle that kind of rejection. In my it's a one right star. Now. Like, um, and then let us know where you're listening from in the review. Like, uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to, it's a true crime podcast. I'm a sinner. You need weirdo. A um, but she's, she did that in, in her first season. And she said, as the podcast has grown, she's continued to do it. And she said, it's been really fun to see oh, where, where it was people? her friends and her hometown. And then yeah. it was in states surrounding her and then internet, like just to see those things. Um, and Jeron will send a prize to the furthest away person. I'll, I'll send you a handwritten card if you'll send me your information. There it is. Um, but uh, if you I'll do that, you, I'm in Osage Beach. <laughs> You're automatically out. I live five minutes away from here. It doesn't count. Um, <laughs> but if you, it, it does two things. One, uh, we we get to see just how far the reach is um, mm-hmm. and see what the Lord's doing. But two, it really does the way the algorithms work. Um, it helps. Uh, it helps the show, and I hear my heart when I say this, gain popularity. 
not because we want to be like some new popular show, but it does when people search for, we are not the only breakdown. In fact, I think there's, uh, there's hundreds of breakdowns. Um, it at least helps us get bumped up. You know, if you have five listeners versus 500, you know, that does make a difference. Um, and then feel free to share the podcast, whether it's season one, season two, and season three with people that, you know, uh, if you see us on the church's social, <coughs> feel free to share that. And, but season three, has officially launched. Episode one is coming to a close. We're going to shut this stream off. I'm going to go edit like two and a half hours of audio oh, now. And I'm going to go finish stuff for Cal Conference. For Cal Conference. And then I'm going to go home and cry tonight. There you go. <laughs> it's going to be great. So, be so good. hey, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us. It's been a while. If you didn't hang out with us the whole time, shame on you. How dare you? Is. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just- Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for spending some time with us as we've kicked off season three with episode one of The Breakdown. We're back each and every week. Normally, we'll record the show on Tuesday, usually late Tuesday. The show, the episode will be out by sometime Wednesday. And if not, Jerron gets 100 text messages about it. <laughs> and if I, I if it. it's not out by four o'clock on Tuesday, you get I'm, beat up. hey, is it going to be out today or do I need to, like, what am I supposed to do? They plan certain events of their lives so they can, like, if they're going to mow or do this You or think that. I'm kidding. It's so true. It's, it's so really true. funny. So, but hey, we're going we're gonna to officially sign off. We've got Thank stuff you. to do here on campus. Have a great day. Great week. We'll see you guys around this season on The Breakdown. <laughs>